episode four of Not Your Normal Snow. We're back again. Another guest this week. What you man said. <laughs> but, um, we're rolling in with the guests this week and, and they're just, they're all so interesting, fam, in their own way. So, introduce yourself, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm rough, innit? Um, I've known Snow for time. Yeah, since primary school. Or yeah, yeah. like nursery even. Knee high, a long knee high time, days, man. Knee high days, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I've been chilling with Snow for time. Obviously, I've gone, done my own thing. Um, we've gone, you know, we've had our own endeavors and that. But yeah, Love's always been there, so yeah. I'm happy to be on. Yeah, of course. And and you actually have your own podcast, innit? What what's that? I do, I do. Slim takes. Slim is my takes. podcast. That's yeah. on Spotify. So make sure you lot go check that out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to. You know, from podcaster to podcaster, before <laughs> to what we can create today. Yeah, yeah, man. But um, yeah. how's life been for you, man? Obviously, life it's in fun. the US and that. <laughs> US is fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's different. It's different. I will say. So me, I, I actually study in the US. So I've been in the US. So it's been two, two years now that I've been in the US. I would say, mm. um, and yeah, I go there to study, I do the uni there, I go to a good university. Um, and yeah, while the work is like tough, while the work is challenging, uh, obviously people need to have fun too. So I'm enjoying myself there. I'm enjoying being exposed <laughs> to you new enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying being exposed to new experiences. Um, and I've enjoyed just like immersing myself in that American culture and realising you know, the things I see on the media, you know, I'm hearing this about America, hearing that about America. Well, let me see it for myself, you know. Mm. So that's why re- part of the reason why I actually chose to branch out and, like, actually apply to an American university just because, you know, I felt like taking an adventure. I felt like taking a journey. I felt like going, going quay, going that, quay out. That's inspirational, though. Like, you don't, you don't really see a lot of people, even though, like, the UK breeds some very smart people like yourself, but there's not a lot of people willing to take that challenge like there's people who are probably capable of getting into those universities that go to oxford or cambridge instead but what what was it for you that really made you want to take that step because that's a big step like you have to leave your family behind you have to go knowing pretty much no one like did you know anyone when you went there i didn't know anyone when i went there in fact let me tell you the story so it wasn't too like big of a jump i would say because i've been doing this jump thing for quite a while yeah like yeah actually, true even from college and that yeah so um so obviously uh, <clears throat> i went to school with snow um and then i thought to myself like i thought like because my i guess intentions or like, my goals i was thinking about my goals from earlier and i really wanted to be um at least when i was young i wanted to be like a top engineer you know doing like really good work and stuff so i thought i want to be in the best place i can mm. so i thought to myself let me try and get into one of the best colleges that the UK has to offer and that college ended up finding me or positioning me all the way in Winchester so outside of London so yeah. away from London so I've yeah, yeah so you was, was, even from college you was already staying away from your family so you exactly. you was used to that aspect of it exactly but yeah do you not think it's different like obviously when you go away in the UK even though you're away from your family it's like it's not that deep if you get a phone call you can get home in like an hour or two mm-hmm. or something like that no that's very true, very true when you're in america it's like you're on the other side of the world it's different mm-hmm. time zones like your family's going yeah, to bed when you're waking up it's, yeah, it's it must be tough zone. yeah so i guess what what was good about me doing college is that it was like that intermediary step so it was like you know okay i've been slightly exposed to it all right cool mm-hmm. now let me i'll find i almost think of myself as like a, as 
I can almost think of myself as like a knee trying to trying to get the next higher side. <laughs> 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 like, how 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 about, like how much can I like, experience? How much independence can I experience? I'm a like, thrill seeker. That's a good seeker. way to look at it, though. Like yeah. you're you're trying to chase that independence and and that glory for yourself. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Trying to chase the independence. Trying to chase the glory. Trying to chase the best things, um, offered to me in the education system. You know, trying to trying to do the best. I can so that I can live the best life I can mm. and I can give back in the best do way you know I can. what yeah what you just said you just said the best things offered to you do you feel like these things were offered to you like being a young black guy growing up in Newham do you, like it's not every day you hear of someone like that going overseas and doing the stuff you're doing do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's like because those opportunities are not given to people like us over here mm-hmm. so how did you even get to that how did you escape pretty much yeah, so I suppose it's, that's, it's a good question you brought up. I mean, yeah, you're very right in the sense that these things weren't necessarily offered to me. I had to dig and I had to find. I had to, like, scramble, scratch. And I had to work hard. I had to work hard to get them. So, like, even for um, going to my college, which was a boarding school, um, even having to apply, I remember looking at the entrance exams, looking at past entrance exams and seeing that the syllabus that I needed to, like, know... Mm. For to even take the entrance exams was like beyond what was being you was taught. already learning yeah yeah I was already learning wow. this in secondary school so whilst doing up secondary school I had to like start grinding yeah I had to so start you were like doing beyond. two schools you were like secondary school and homeschooling basically, yourself for basically yeah. going to private like, yeah so I had to do all that I, yeah I had to work hard and I guess it was from there that was the point I think I know it was probably from earlier actually that I you know, really wants to get into that work ethic and just, like, mm. practice makes perfect type yeah, yeah. Of, um, of scheme for me. And so, like, just by working the hardest I, I could, I, I had the mentality that, you know, if I work the hardest I can and knowing what, like, I, I, I have the goal set out in front of me and I yeah. have a list of things I need to do, cool, let me just, like, practice, practice, work, work to get to that point. Mm. Um, so that's what I did. I just, like, for every goal that I had, for everything I dug to find... Like, knowing that it was, like, so far beyond my reach, I used all of the skills I had available to, like, practice, to grind. Like, putting... Like, academics is only one facet of the whole picture, I suppose, because I also obviously did extracurricular stuff um, to get to that point as well. And just, like, to build up my whole profile so that they could see me and think, we want this guy. What kind of extracurricular stuff would you have to indulge in to, to get that kind of view from those people because obviously a lot of people don't even know what to what, what kind of things you need to do to get noticed by people mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. yeah I mean um I suppose so while I was in secondary school I obviously was involved in um a lot of my head boy <laughs> head boy you could say that you could say that yeah, yeah. That, that was a good start that obviously. was a good start yeah I, I did that did that um that was, that was probably one of my biggest achievements I was so happy. I remember when I got the head boy head boy of the whole thing. school I remember when I got that. I remember I must like they announced it. No, no, even even before that, yeah. I remember when I had to give my speech with against the other guy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It was in the canteen and stuff. But like when the other guy gave his oh, speech. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Word, and I was like, okay, clap, clap, clap. When they gave my speech, all the man. Everyone started jumping up and like, clapping. Like, like, I got, I got you already so knew that you won. Was, you already knew that you won. I was man. just feeling some blessings, blessings, <laughs> blessings from the man that minute. But yeah, so. 
I became head boy and I, I guess that taught me a lot about leadership, about responsibility, about organising yourself so that then you can organise others mm. and stuff. And so like, it That's really... That's important. Exactly. It, it, you have to be able to make sure you're on top of yourself before you start taking a responsibility of taking care of other people. Definitely, definitely. It made me like really compartmentalise like the things I needed to do and then from there I just had that ethic. So in terms of extracurricular stuff, other than that, um... I guess, um, I'm thinking of what I did. Ah, yeah, so in, in secondary, I was really into engineering. So that was, mm. like, the route to success I wanted to take. There were many different pathways to success. I chose engineering because it's something I'm interested in. When, was, when did you get interested in that? Was that from young age? When did I get interested in engineering? Um, from, no, at a young age, I wanted to actually be a stockbroker. Because man, really? man watched Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, oh, <laughs> thinking, oh shit, yeah, these just making ridiculous money, making stupid phone calls. Exactly, like, this is exactly, easy. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I wanted yeah. to be a stockbroker, but then I realised that that's not necessarily what Wall Street's what, about. Yeah, it's not like, to actually get like to that, that point, yeah. like, it's a lot of, like, like it's, I'm, I would say it's not even too much hard work, it's more so, like, tedious work. So, like, yeah. the world of economics is so mad in the sense that it's literally you're just you have to be at your phone you have to be reading news and you have to be looking for how it, companies it are takes doing. over your life it takes over your life in terms of the shares that are available and like yeah. buying shares selling mm-hmm. shares like you I'm have to take, be on top of it all i'm taking an economics class right now and i'm just like learning about it and like like as beautiful as the world of economics is mm. the fundamentals of the stock market is that it's purely based on randomness it's purely based on who gets the information first because that's that's the one yeah that's the one thing you can't predict about economics and that's why you you don't like because if economics was completely predictable then the pathway to money would be like so easy easy if you just like you know run these algorithms exactly exactly but so it um, has to be random really has to be random but to be fair (laughs) the reason some people are i guess the reason some people um find it easier to attain money than others some people I just have easier access to that information and stuff mm, information yeah. is really key in the world of economics and stuff okay. so, so yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah so so with engineering when, when did that come about when did that come about so that was, must have been year nine when I was putting uh, the I was putting a DT class okay design technology I was thinking oh what's this okay I can you know build things you know yeah. To to um keyring, mm. I was thinking, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's like me. yeah, that's like low level stuff. Like low now level. you're you're doing crazy yeah, stuff. So like, now, how did that even develop? Yeah, going so, from a DT class, like okay, so I mean, honestly, DT the keyring is not really engineering. <laughs> like, come on, man, <laughs> you can do better than that. It's the fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Where you start, yeah. So obviously, taking classes, doing more, doing more building, and you know, I was just I was so like, infatuated with. DT with like building stuff constructing mm. things even to the point of like knowing the materials and stuff and that yeah, actually leads yeah, me yeah. on to the other um, extracurricular thing I did so I entered a competition it was like a it was a scholarship thing okay. that because I was so into DT and one of my DT teachers put me onto it okay. um, and it was, it, was, it was called the Arkwright Scholarship and so what you had to do is you just had to present your school projects some projects you were working on on the side mm. um, to an advisory board full of like really big like tech um like really mm. tech heads stuff. Yeah, I was yeah, talking yeah. to like executives from BT when I went to the interview oh, and wow. stuff yeah but I just had to like sell my product and because I believed in it so much and because I knew because I was the one who was staying behind mm. from like from what 3.25 to 6pm working behind, on that project so you knew work. you put the work in so you uh, was yeah. confident it was going to be a yeah, success yeah I was so passionate about it so I was able to deliver that really clearly mm. really eloquently and then they saw that in me then I remember walking up to receive the award at the award ceremony. Mm. Oh yeah, archive scholarship. Yeah, so that's that's one thing that I did as well. That's like what yeah. helped build up my portfolio. It also mm. helped build up my confidence. Yeah, yeah, in, that's important. Yeah, in what I'm doing, and it it just helped me realize that I know 
that I'm good. I know that, yes, okay, maybe these opportunities aren't presented to me first. Maybe they're presented to other demographics first. But I know that I'm just as good as these demographics. Mm-hmm. In a world, well, in engineering, um, I suppose, like, you know, doing good work and, like, it's doing good work can get you good opportunities. Like, doing the work. Like, if you do the work... And and you show it to these people like they can't necessarily turn you down because yeah. it's there. The whole it's yeah. tangible. It's all but there. That's that's that goes for anything in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. any type of field you're getting into, if you just do the work first, like regardless of what opportunities you have, just put in as much work as you can. Like mm-hmm. that you can. Obviously, you might not be able to put in as much work as if you were fed, like all this luxury stuff from a early from an early age. But if you try your best with what you can. Mm-hmm. Like giving it a few like years of consistency, mm-hmm. you will be put in front of the right people, and they won't exactly. be able to turn a blind eye to you because your work will speak for itself. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's the saying I was looking for. Your work will speak for itself. Yeah. That's I guess my sort of motto, I suppose. But yeah, and so. and, and that's been a huge success for you because yeah, it now it's like where you come from doesn't even matter anymore because you've broken out of that. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you've like infiltrated that barrier where you're not just this young guy coming from Newham with no opportunities you're now this young guy from Newham who didn't have the opportunities but he went and found him and that's showing other people they can do that too mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you're not some one in like seven billion like even though you obviously there's no other you but it's like anyone can do this anyone given the right it. mindset and the it's right the work ethic it's, just, it's, it's the mindset the mindset is the most important thing getting yourself in the right mindset was 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 big for me like mm. i like obviously not everyone might be religious and stuff but like i at least from like like when i stopped when my goals started realizing themselves and just through like the fact that i just go to church like so much and stuff like i just started connecting the two and like i started like praying every like evening mm. you know before i went to bed and just like, like reiterating my goals and my um and what I want to achieve to myself and also to God and stuff. So, so kind, of, kind of like a self-reflection and like a form of meditation almost. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like visualisation yeah. and stuff. Like one you would can, yeah, repeat yeah, your goals to yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I would say that that is, yeah, that's a factor that helps as well. And it just helped me realise that, you know, like I have something I'm working towards. I'm not going to let mm. this distract me, that distract me. Mm. Um, yeah, man, secondary school, I was just, <laughs> I was just a nerd still. I was, I was just a nerdy you. Nah. Man. It's, do you know what yeah I find that so interesting that you grasp that from such an early age because obviously for me it's like I've got into that mindset now but from an early age I wasn't always like that like even GCSEs I think the only thing I properly revised for was maths mm-hmm. and that was just because I liked maths like it wasn't even a thing that I didn't think my GCSEs were important it was a thing where I just had no interest in mm-hmm. revising and it's like, I didn't know how to revise. Like, my mind just wouldn't work properly back then. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know what influenced that. But how did you, like, from an early age, just get that concept? Because it's hard. Like, when you're a kid, it's hard to just pattern yourself and say, all right, every night I'm going to revise, do all the homework. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get everything done. And, yeah, that's it. Because when you're a young kid, obviously, everyone's playing outside, playing PS4, mm-hmm. PS3, whatever it is at that time. It's like, how do you not self-indulge in, in those things and keep your mind straight at such an early age? You know, it's interesting because have I even self-reflected on this myself? I think the best answer would be, again, just like knowing... I think the first thing for me was always knowing what I wanted. Mm. And I want... I 
I personally want to get what I want. You so know? you create a, a, a long-term goal for yourself first and you establish exactly what you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what do you break that down into smaller, short-term goals? Yeah, break it down into smaller, short-term goals and like, realise, you know, these are the steps I need to do to get to this point, these yeah. milestones. And then it doesn't look as big. Exactly, it doesn't look as big. And then also you also have the confidence that yeah. because from like, achieving those like, smaller milestones. Mm. You'll be like, okay, I'm 10% done, I'm yeah, 20% exactly, done, I'm 30% exactly, yeah. done. Exactly. And then, you know, as you're getting you know, X percent done, you start to, you start to enjoy it, you know, mm. you, you start to enjoy seeing the rewards from what you reap. Mm. So, for example, like, um, I was uh, in in secondary school, the man them used to call me Merit Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, I yeah. forgot about that. Merits. <laughs> uh, oh, you don't kill me, man. Hey, Merits, you was a king of that shit, I man. I swear, man. You had these fucking stickers back in secondary school. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every school has yeah, some yeah, kind of system, some like, that. system like that. And yeah. you get rewarded for, like, doing extra homework or, like, just getting good grades and mm-hmm. being good behavior yeah, and all this yeah, shit, yeah, helping teachers, yeah, yeah, just yeah, in everything, you'd get all these stickers, yeah. I remember like two weeks into year seven, yeah, obviously you stick them in the back of your plan, I had like one, two maybe, I look at this guy's plan, he had like the wow. whole page done, he was almost on his prizes, I was like, bro, bro, <laughs> yeah, you have you be stealing this from the office or something? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just taking all the stickers. Wow. Because you had, like, the codes and the stickers, I used to, like, tighten them yeah. in. Yeah. When I got home, I'm like, ah, okay. What did you even get from that? Like, what, well, what were the prizes? Bro, I've never the won anything The prizes were mad. So, um, it must have been, what, like, do you, remember, do you know the final assemblies that like, we had in the church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you remember when, like, they were, like, they, they called my name down and stuff, and, like, I went and walked up, and I got, mm. like, I think I got, like, a tablet like, yeah I think it was like an iPad or something in it or like yeah, a yeah. one of those Samsung tablets yeah it was a Samsung tablet yeah that's yeah. crazy fam Man, looking back I should have started collecting merits yeah, yeah, <laughs> I jumping on that thing as well yeah yeah so that's that do you know what yeah that's actually quite interesting to me how that wasn't an, an incentive enough for people to collect it at that mm. early age because I can't remember if they told us we was going to win that if we won they, or they did, they did but didn't I it? think that you know what yeah so I I mean like being the merit hunter it also it worked. I think everyone just knew they 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 couldn't compete with you. Nah, you were, nah, nah, you were nah, too it was, good. Nah, it wasn't even. I think that like also I think it was like, like there was like almost like a like a stereotype or like a judgment on it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, for example, yeah, like yeah, even like, when I was collecting my merits and doing my thing, I wasn't <clears> bragging about it because like it wasn't even like it was a bit moist to do it. Mm. Or at least like, so, certain people were thinking. Yeah, it was yeah, moist. yeah. That that's how they would view it. Yeah, that's how they yeah, view it. But I mean, certain people now, like I mean, come on. I mean, looking back at you, you're the one who won a free tablet, like. Right, exactly. <laughs> Do you get so, it? Yeah, and there were the same man that were clapping for me as well. Exactly, it, and, so. and you're the one that's that's in this position now, so exactly. you're so. putting in the work from early and you're exactly. reaping the rewards exactly. earlier yeah. than they did. Yeah. Exactly. So it, yeah. it shows. And yeah, I guess, like, on that note, I suppose, like, not falling prey to peer pressure, temptation, all of that stuff. Yeah, that's, had, that's had important age, and yeah. that's hard. Yeah, I wasn't, like, I wasn't, um, obviously, staying after school to, like, do dumbness or anything mm-hmm. like that. I wasn't, like, like, I was, like, if I was, if I stayed past, if I stayed outside past 3.25, I was either going home or I was in school doing an after-school class, after-school mm-hmm. club, or... Doing something to doing benefit to, you. To benefit me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't That's really... crazy, though, because, like, just having, doing that from a young age, like, by now, it just must be in you. Like, every day you wake up, it's just, like... It's not even a question in your subconscious mind. Like, it's just straight away, let me just do work and mm-hmm, be productive. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's like for you now? It's just, like, second nature to, to do good. 
Yeah, I would say that like maybe it's it's less of like wake up and like do work. It's more of like it's an itch if I don't if I'm not like if I have something to do mm. and I'm not really doing it and I'm just like wasting yeah, time. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. an itch. It's like I right, let me just get yeah, this done. Yeah, you know? It's yeah, like yeah, I need yeah. to like get this done so I can enjoy my day. I can enjoy myself and like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not just a workaholic. I do. Yeah, I got to say that. I was gonna say that you need to consider yourself a workaholic. I wouldn't consider myself a workaholic. I consider myself someone who who is like a perfectionist in terms of making sure my work is done. I want to make sure okay. my work is done. Yeah, I want to make sure my work is done so I can enjoy. It. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to make sure my work is done perfectly. I want to fully do my work. So I don't have to worry about it and I can mm. go and enjoy myself for So you're not one of those guys who wants to do your work and then when that's done, get more work to do. <laughs> you like, do your work and yeah, then yeah. you want to relax once yeah, you've got the yeah, essential exactly, work yeah, done. Exactly, yeah. Do my work and I'm mm. relaxed. Yeah. Obviously, sometimes like I want to like go a bit beyond and just like learn more. more just yeah, to... but, but surely you enjoy that because that's, that's what I do. Like Even in my free time now, I would use that to listen to an educational podcast mm. or listen to an audio book or mm-hmm. even read a book or mm-hmm. something like that and even though to some people that just sounds boring as hell but to me I enjoy those things now it's like mm-hmm. you have to like find ways to enjoy doing productive stuff and exactly, then you'll be able yeah. to do it to a better ability exactly 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 yeah and that's sort of what I did like I mean I started looking at my homework not as like a task or like you know, starting to get out of the way, but mm. also like you know, I I I did enjoy working on the problems and stuff mm. and solving everything. I enjoyed, so you you changed like, it into like a challenge for yourself and let me get better. this done. Like this is challenging for me rather mm. than oh, I've got homework today. Let me just get mm. out of the way and mm-hmm. exactly because yeah, exactly. that's how I always viewed it. I always viewed my homework from young as oh I've got homework. Like it was never thinking of oh I've got homework. Let me see if I can beat this. Mm-hmm. Did you get it? Mm-hmm. Well, let me see if I can get twenty out of twenty on this mm-hmm. maths homework. That was my mindset. I remember being in um maths and stuff and like doing the practice papers. Mm. And I remember uh, after it was it was really embarrassing because um, <laughs> there was one time where like, I think I got like thirty eight out of forty mm. for something, and I was like in class I was like oh damn it damn it. But then everyone else looking at me like shut up man. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, lads. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I remember, yeah, I used to always, like, look at your, your papers after. Because most classes were in together, like, I would mm. always sit next to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, say if we had to mark each other's papers, yeah, mm-hmm. I would just be marking your paper. I'm just thinking, how the fuck did this guy know this shit? <laughs> yeah, <you> know, science <laughs> lessons. I remember yeah, science. science especially. <laughs> like, you, you would answer the weirdest questions. And I was just thinking, how does this guy actually know this shit? Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I've never learned this. But you know what? And especially yeah. the, the way they worded the question sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. You would have had to know the words to understand the question. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't really have an extensive vocabulary at that age. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did do, now I'm thinking back to them science lessons. As much as I was answering questions... I was also asking them as well. Mm. I always had my hand up. You did, you did. Like anything I didn't understand, I would make, make sure, sure you understood, understood it. it. Yeah, like, that's important. Like, I wasn't like I got rid of that being scared to ask questions like from from young. Like, mm. I mean, if I ask a question and look dumb, I'm, I'm only dumb for as long as I'm asking the question because when it's answered, I now know that information. And I'm that dead. is the perfect way to put it. Mm-hmm. Wow, I actually never saw it like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. actually so true. Mm-hmm. Like you ask the question. Okay, it might be a stupid question, mm-hmm. but now you know the answer. Now so I know the answer. Now, now we're on the same level. Exactly, <laughs> Do you get exactly, it? Exactly. Whoever was laughing at me. Like, yeah. We both know this information now. Exactly. And countless times, teachers would like come chat to me and say, Oh, Raf, thank you so much for asking these questions because it mm. helps the other students in the class, etc. Nah, et Do you know what? I was even going to get onto that. Like, even you asking all those questions, that would help me as well because I was one of those guys, like, 
I say thirty percent of the time I wouldn't want to ask put my hand up. Like more time I would, but there'd be certain questions I'd be subconsciously telling myself like, oh, like nah, you're gonna look stupid in front of everyone. And it's like I shouldn't have been like that because really and truly, like you said, if I just asked the question I'd know. Mm-hmm. And because of that I suffered because that question that I didn't understand, for for example, say everyone else understood it and it's only me that's suffering from that. Like, no one else is suffering. Like, I'm going to mm. go into that test and not know the answer to that exactly. question if it comes yeah, up yeah, yeah, just yeah. because I didn't ask the question. But, like, you asking a lot of those questions because more time, if you didn't understand it, I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, every, yeah, every question you asked, I was like, yes. Yes, Raph. Keep asking. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there were times in class where, like, the teacher would just kind of go like, way too fast and, I, and then I would ask him to like, re-explain it. Yeah, um, so yeah, that yeah. So, yeah. explanation also helps other people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well. Because more time, like, you'd be taking notes and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially in science. I, like, you'd be taking all the notes and I'd just be there, like, trying to listen and take notes at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting confused and I'd be like, what's going on? And then mm-hmm. after, I'd be like, yeah, let me get your book and just copy all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I remember I used to have the different colours as well. Man. Oh, bro, you plugged <laughs> me with those colours. <laughs> like, my oh, science book would look like a rainbow. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I rem- yeah, I remember you actually told said that to me a time ago, but, you know, you know these days... It, it helps though I think it helps like it does, visually man. when you're looking at your work to exactly. like use two or three different colours like for headings and exactly, like numbering exactly, and exactly. whatever like yeah. categorising work yeah. and stuff exactly. like that because even the very act of like alright I'm writing in black oh there's a key word let me switch colours mm. writing in red yeah. like, even the it, highlights that, it, even it highlights well. it for me as I'm writing it it's like okay yeah this is an important word yeah okay, you know. so it's like that subconsciously goes into your mind okay mm. this is a key word because mm-hmm. now every time you look at it it's in red you know that's a key word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you're going to be more like obliged to remember that and, and know if that's going to come up in the exactly, test exactly exactly yeah yeah I mean back in like secondary days I wasn't really like having too much fun and you know what like thinking back like I, I don't regret anything that happened so I'm proud mm. of myself you should be man but like so now basically my i guess my plan was like to make sure that i work hard enough to get myself in a place that i can have fun with like no like serious con- or like i want to have my life set up so that i can have fun mm. you know in fact and that's still the goal i want st- i still want to do as well as i can make like you know get a really really good substantial job substantial of- income so that yeah. i can afford to you know, use my... Just be wealthy weekend. enough to, to not have to worry about money. Not, no yeah, more. not worrying, to be able to enjoy myself, enjoy mm. my life. And, like, you know, bit by bit, I'm doing that. Like, even right now, mm. at uni, like, I'm able to enjoy myself because I know that, okay, yeah, I've done my work now, but yeah. now I can enjoy myself because I know I'm in a good position now. Once yeah, I graduate yeah, yeah. uni, I'm definitely going to get, like, a really good paying job yeah. for the very fact that I'm going to, like, a big name uni like mm. that. So, like, I already yeah. have that pattern. Yeah, have exactly. That yeah, and, and that's a, a result of the work that you put in prior, not even exactly. in just the uni. Exactly, it was the work I was doing prior. Was the work even doing in prior. secondary school, leading up in college, and mm-hmm. then, obviously, mm-hmm. in uni. Mm-hmm. And even all the extracurricular stuff you've done, this is a result of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you just went to the American Union, and just because you go there, it's like, you're going to get this job. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more than that. It's because you wouldn't have even that. got to that stage if you didn't do the work prior. Exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, man was so happy when I found out when when I was um, because I was applying to the thing in it, and then mm. I, I think um, it was must have been like midnight was when the results came out for me, but I think yeah, it came yeah. out like at six p.m. for the American people. Okay, yeah, Because yeah, the time yeah, difference, yeah. isn't it? I remember opening up my thing. I opened up the Harvard one first, um, and then I was and then it said that I got in. I was like, I, was like, I swear, I was like in shock for like maybe like thirty <laughs> seconds. I was like, I was like, mom, 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 and then I and then my mom woke up. And I was like, oh my god, I'm going to Harvard. And she woke up my dad, and then like we started like celebrating downstairs. 
and stuff and then and then I and then and then I went and then I thought, okay, yeah, calm, how was the only one I got into? So then I went back into my room, I was like, Oh yeah, I have Princeton to open as well. Wait, I forgot about that. So then I opened up my Princeton one, found out I got into Princeton two, I was thinking, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Did it I, feel surreal? Surreal, big man too, it felt so surreal. I was like I was so happy for like for so long. Mm. So it was happy. finally like did it feel like in that moment you were just like finally rewarded for everything that you've been doing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like a relief kind of. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah, sort, sort of a, a relief, but also like it just made me proud of myself, made yeah. me proud of everything I have done and made mm-hmm. me feel like I made, I made the right decisions, yeah. the right sacrifices. Well, it proved to you that you made the right decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it proved to me, yeah, exactly. Because you did like from an early age, you'd be making those right decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously sometimes I would like feel bad um, you know, during them secondary days when like I would just like stay after school and like chill mm. or like just like go straight home when obviously the other man them were just like out or whatever, um like doing whatever, having fun and yeah. stuff. Um but yeah, now I get to do that stuff with no like worry in the back of my head. Exactly. <laughs> so like you're the one that's really winning from that all. I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying. That's all I that's all I'll say. But yeah, life is okay. Life is okay for man. So in engineering, what what kind of things have you indulged yourself in? Like, do you invent your own kind of work, or do you just do projects for other people? That's a good question. I think um, during uh, secondary school, I incrementally built up like my skill set more and more and more. Uh, my final project for GCSEs was like really nice. Mm. It was like a spinning like carousel type of storage unit, which okay. was nice. But that, but. I was restrained by the um, resources yeah, that I had. Yeah, yeah, And the um, syllabus as well, to be honest. And the syllabus as well. So then I got to college, did more engineering. Um, what did you study at college? So I studied maths, further maths, physics and DT. So. <laughs> DT, uh, was that in DT as a whole or yeah, like yeah. a specific? It was, um, so it was DT as a whole, but then obviously I got to specialise in... Um, it was I think I specialised in electronics, although I was still like exposed oh, yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mechanic I still had to my project still required some mechanical engineering okay. in that. So um, You still had to learn it all. Still had to learn it all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that so college was nice. I built a few nice things. I'm thinking back to what I built. Um I three D printed a lot of stuff. I built this like robot arm type thing. Mm. Um uh it was it was it was just a hand, it was like a box and then connected to like two limbs two like two two ligaments i suppose um which was nice i built um what what was the function of that what was the function so the function was just to replicate a prosthetic hand okay yeah so um it was literally so if someone had like an amputated Mm. then it would connect up to the nerves i didn't i in the in the end i did i wasn't i didn't do the project long enough to get the nerves right i suppose okay yeah but if you had the time, you would have. Exactly. If I had the time, I would have mm. probably. Yeah. Um. And then my other project was I was on the top of it was on the top of my mind, but I forgot now. It was um. It was. I have to get back to it. I have to get back mm. to it. I'm, I've but, done. But even creating a, a robot arm, like, what does that even take? Like, where do you start? Did mm. you have like a manual that you had to go by, or was you just using what you've learned in order? your time at college and then you just have to go from scratch all right so it's it's both it's like so there are there are things already that exist mm. and so like reading up on that and understanding how those things work 
and like looking at other people's like work and other Similar people's plans and stuff, and stuff yeah. then you can like build your foundations on that but then obviously mm. you need to then use what you've learned and use your understanding of maths physics chemistry at some points mechanical engineering controls stuff mm. like that so so saying that what was your college work planning because obviously you studied maths further maths physics and then dt so you planning to go into engineering did you pick maths further maths physics in on purpose to help you i did in that? i did i did yes yeah, so that was a smart choice See, even not a lot of people go into college like they just pick three random things or four mm. random things or one random b-tech or whatever they're doing mm-hmm. and they don't really think about it but you was like wise enough to know that already like you knew that all these four subjects are gonna be implemented into mm-hmm. each other exactly yeah and um so i part of the reason i also picked them was because i was thinking of applying to um like cambridge oxford mm. and stuff and like they require you to have like certain knowledge and stuff so okay i wanted to make sure i acquired a bit that of both. Knowledge. yeah yeah yeah. Was, yeah so it was a bit of both yeah like um like DT was something that I picked because I knew I wanted to be good at engineering mm-hmm. and I wanted to know the skills. Yeah. Further maths was signed that... Kind of a requirement. Kind of a requirement, yeah. yeah. Further maths was long. It was... <laughs> I can imagine, bro. There's a right paragraphs in maths. Like, what is that? <laughs> Madness. <laughs> what is Madness. that? The things you had to solve were just spinning my head <laughs> way too much. But it was it was a good experience. I enjoyed... No, nah, I enjoyed learning it because it gave me a... That's a challenge. Yeah, like, start, yeah. Do you do you feel like that boosted your brain in a way? Like, do you boosted feel like brain in in a way where now like any maths equation you'll be able to solve kind of thing? Okay, not okay. I won't be not able to any, solve any maths equation, but I feel majority like it, that it gave will come more, up in real life situations. It, gave, it it'll be a lot more, easier yeah. for you. It gave me more confidence, not necessarily only in maths, but also in problem solving in general and yeah. approaching, like problems that seem really hard and abstract at first okay you knowing it taught me how to break things down and i'm continuing to learn that of course so you looked university. at it you looked at it in like a wider aspect like this is not just a math problem this is a problem i have to solve it's difficult here's how i'm going to break it down mm-hmm. and you just transferred that into all mm-hmm. the other things that you do as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%, okay. 100%. So, I like yeah, that. That's how man functions still. Um, <laughs> and uni, uni's been nice. Um, been doing up engineering at uni as well. It's a good experience. Um, how has it changed in in like college to uni? That ju- that jump of engineering. Jump of engineering. Roughly the same. <clears throat> it's a lot more. Um. Up to oh, it's hard. It's hard. I mean. With college, I was more so like following like a manual, not necessarily like a manual, but like following a syllabus and stuff. Whereas in uni, it's like although there is a syllabus, like it's a lot more open ended for mm. you to like explore and do and what, just do what you want. Pretty much become an inventor for yourself. Kind I of suppose. Thing. I suppose one could say that. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually so obviously my first two years were more like still acquiring theory, but now I'm in my third year and in my fourth year, it's gonna be You're like, applying it to practical planning to practical like, I'm in a robotics course right now it's okay. gonna be fun yeah like, did you just enroll with that two weeks ago when you started digging I, yeah well technically I enrolled in it two weeks ago but I, I was thinking of taking it from like time from oh time. okay yeah, yeah yeah from time yeah Um, and then I also enrolled in a computer science course where like, I get to build my own like responsive like web applications so okay. I'm working on that learning all the building blocks for that but then like my team me and my team our project we mm. get to like do whatever we want so basically we're just like being fed the information about like how to like do certain things how to like write certain algorithms but at the end of the day it's like in terms of what 
the content actually created you can yeah, do anything you, can, you want exactly you can do whatever you want so that's I'm interesting. looking forward to that so you're just learning building it pretty much exactly. and then yeah, so you after, can provide whatever you want yeah, so after I finish that course I'll be able to build any website I want I suppose mm. which would be nice which would be very nice so yeah so these are the nice skills I'm learning at uni mm. and it's also nice to be exposed to all these great professors as well who are like who've done like yeah, that, stuff. That's, that actually must be interesting because I didn't even think about that like obviously being in the university you go to wait before I even get into that yeah is it not weird me calling it university because like obviously when you're in America everyone calls it college isn't college it? <laughs> college <laughs> <laughs> like it's so that must be so weird fam it's it's you know what it's not it's not weird for me but it's weird for them when I call it uni to them like Wait, is that what you call it when you're over there yeah I'm in uni yeah I say I'm in uni yeah yeah yeah, yeah they must be like what the fuck is this yeah. guy talking about university <laughs> <laughs> oh no man but you know what big man say I love my American people man because you know what like they're like I've I've clocked it just in terms of like so putting aside like my friends yeah. you know Putting aside, like, because obviously my, my UK friends are my UK friends and stuff, like, and my American friends are American friends, but, like, mm. looking at the general populace, people are a lot more supportive in America, I think. You find? I find that people are a lot more supportive. Like, really so, for example, like, let's even, like, let's talk about, like, for example, like, my podcast, for example, like, mm. like advertising it. My American audience, like, I get a lot of support. Whereas in mm. the UK, like... It's not as much. It's not as much. Yeah, not as... because in the UK, people don't really support you like that, man. Everyone... I don't know what it is, but it's everyone just wants to see downfall. It's a shame. It's a shame. I, I don't know, but like obviously, I'm ha- that's why I'm happy I'm in America. I'm happy that mm. you know, I have my support from there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm slowly getting back into UK culture, you know, mm. my UK people. And you know what? Like, as much as I would say that, yeah, the support from America is great. Like, comparing America and the UK, both like side by side, like it's they difficult. both... They both have their pros and cons. Yeah, they yeah. both have their pros and cons. There are yeah, good, of course. good reasons to live in either country, mm. um, and there are good cultural things about either country, as well. Like for example, um, the rate. Well, in fact, I wouldn't even say. I would say that discrimination is a lot more. Um, not public or like a lot more um, extroverted in America, whereas in the UK. Discrimination is a lot more introverted mm. and like less. So you, you think it's still there? It's except still there. It's just expressed more in America. It's just yeah. The, the, Do you think people have just more confidence? In, in yeah, I think America. people just have more confidence in America. Yeah, but I mean, like if I'm, I'll be on like Twitter, um, and I'll be seeing, um, <clears throat> girls, um, on Twitter like um UK girls like saying, oh UK men ain't this. Oh mm. yeah, I need to go to America and find me a man. Whereas like I feel like what they're not understanding is that. Like there are good people and bad people everywhere. Everywhere, you know? yeah, everywhere. Of course. You know? And I feel like so, something that like some UK people they believe is that like because they're seeing they're seeing like all of the good things of America and they're ch- well I guess they're not choosing to, or they're just not exposed to all of the bad things of America as well. Mm. And so they're getting this sensationalized view of America when in reality that's not the truly case. The case. Yeah. Not truly the case. So I actually went to LA. Um, I think it must have been was it a year ago I think it was a year ago mm. I went to LA how was that <laughs> it was good so like so obviously so your LA in the media is like um, you know Hollywood the best place in the world walking, pretty yeah, much yeah best place in the world everyone walking about yeah, yeah, sun yeah. and it is those things it is like you know really nice mm. like the architecture's nice the weather's nice but it's also a lot more things that they don't cover uh, there's a lot more things they don't cover for example homelessness yeah, so skid I've... row mm-hmm, exactly exactly that's a that's a big place like skid row is one of the most 
like craziest homeless places to look at in the world mm-hmm. even in terms of like mm-hmm. they don't have it that bad but when you just look at it and you think but that's in LA like, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be LA mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. and when you think of LA you think of flashing lights and Hollywood and mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. and all this kind of shit you don't think of Skid Row mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly in fact you know what one right, one like memory that will stay with me for like probably the rest of my life is I remember walking down the walk of fame where all the mm. like stars are for the celebrities and like obviously if you just like focus directly on the tiles you won't see anything if you look to your left you'll see homeless people on the street as well so all these times people are recording themselves walking mm-hmm. it's like that's so interesting because from one camera angle they're walking and you're looking down and you see all this walk of fame and it looks so pretty mm-hmm. and all nice and all these stars have walked here and put their names here but then if you just turn the camera slightly to the left, you'll yeah. see people homeless. So it's like, yeah, slightly, yeah. homeless people are next to the Walk of Fame. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that contrast yeah. is a, a bit, like, exactly, that's weird yeah. to me. Yeah, but you know what, like, I think that the reason that there is such a big homeless uh, population in on the West Coast in California is because California is a desert, so it never really, like, rains too much. Mm. So if you were to be homeless, you... Like it's probably better to be homeless in California in, yeah, than it is yeah, to yeah. be in like Any other New place. York or something or yeah, like New yeah, Jersey yeah. or like Alaska or something. Yeah, know? of course. So yeah, so you think that homeless people migrate there? I would. Hmm, that's a to hard some, one. To some extent. To some extent. To some extent, I wouldn't. I, they may not have the capabilities to migrate in yeah. general, but like I would just say that if I could choose to be homeless in like one place or the other, you probably I'd choose probably, there. I'd probably yeah. choose California. Yeah, yeah. of course, because even in Skid Row, they do even have like services like their like showers and stuff mm-hmm. like that and there's people that give away food like in a lot of homeless shelters around the world mostly because you go to skid row obviously i've never been there from what i've seen it's just like tents everywhere it's like a homeless campsite mm. i've also much. i've never been there myself personally either but um yeah i imagine that that's the case which is mad yeah so so, so what are like obviously how america's portrayed in the media like it's a lot different to reality obviously that's like any country so being actually over there living in like majority of the last two years of your life over there what is like the bad side of america that you've seen that the side that people don't see side that people don't see is how badly they treat the working class really yeah it's like really really bad. what is working class in america because Work- obviously it, it, it would depend on where you live now because like in LA I've seen people like they consider working class people to be on like 100 and something K a year and I'm just thinking what that's a lot of money though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah in fact sorry if I may not even be working class but like I also poverty I suppose mm. just the Im- impoverished just like, people that are not as rich as exactly yeah the way that people in poverty are treated in America is like is ridiculous like I can so firstly as you as you um implied before like it definitely depends on where you live so there's something called redlining in in america where um i think this must have been in the 90s where um governments would draw like a red line well would, would draw lines to like um to etch out different um neighborhoods and then they'd like keep the homeless or they'd or they'd only offer certain people houses in those neighborhoods and they'll keep they'd like push all people the homeless in, people into yeah, that yeah exactly okay. and then so then so then now you have this so like, they're trying to segregate them from the rest of popularity mm-hmm. so, yeah so, so now you have this neighborhood right of like hum, well not necessarily homeless people but people mm-hmm. in poverty majority right? like poverty mm-hmm. people yeah, yeah so then how america works is that they give funding proportional to 
um, the wealth of the area. So if you live okay. in a poor area, your area won't get that much funding. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. your schools don't get that much funding, your hospitals don't that get don't that really much. make no sense to me. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. But whereas then your rich areas will get like a is, lot of Is that still the case now? Still the case now, okay. yeah. Still the case now. So that's one mad thing. <clears throat> um, the other mad thing, I suppose, is just like healthcare in general is mm. unfortunate. Like just for yeah, being impoverished, it's just, yeah. it's just mad. Like, like actually living in America and like having a livelihood in America is tough. Like mm. obviously I'm only there as a, as a student. Mm. As a student, I'm like treated like well because yeah, like, yeah. I'm on like student visa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to take care of you because um, you're yeah. not really there properly in a sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if something was happened to you, you're not on UK so you're on their soil it's like that's going to be on their hands exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. I feel like they treat tourists a lot better obviously if you were just over there as a general American citizen it'd be a whole different story it'd be a whole different story yeah yeah, yeah exactly so especially if you were just living in the area that your uni's in and not actually in your uni campus mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. like living somewhere let's say like 15 minutes down the road in a house mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. think that would be like 10 times different I think I think because of the gentrification, so for example, like in the Princeton area, let's say, um, like Princeton is like such a white gentrified area that like only middle class people can afford to live there. Okay. Whereas then if you go out one city down, if you go to Trenton, Mm. where like it's like there's a lot more poverty, you can see, you can even see in the roads that it's just a lot worse like, like the cars a lot worse like the transition just going from that city to, the transition to there transition's trans- mad I must have been in it because I went to I went to get my social security number mm. um, and uh, and the place I had to do it for the state of New Jersey was in Trenton mm. and I remember like being in the Uber and just like okay yeah seeing nice houses clean roads I think I must have put my head down to jump on my phone or something look mm. up it's just completely different right. rubbish everywhere um bad roads and stuff just really a rough area I suppose mm. how, how did that make you feel like because was that your first kind of experience to that side of America uh, that was I think that was like that was a big like wake up call for me personally and uh, because I actually never really thought about it until mm. I actually saw it yeah because you wasn't really exposed to it you exactly. was exposed to the happy side that you saw in the media exactly I was exposed to the happy side I saw in the media and stuff and so it was just it was it was interesting Mm. it was interesting it was also interesting just like how black people are treated in America I was literally about to go into that next like being a young black guy in America and not being from America as well what's that like? it's interesting so yeah there are you've really hit the nail on the head with the two parts of my identity I yes I am a young black man but I'm also not a young black man from America and so like me interacting so first I'll talk about just being young and black in America Mm. Um, yeah, because obviously people won't know that you're not American until they come and talk to you. Yeah, exactly. So just people walking past you, do you feel like you get judged being young and black, especially being in the Princeton area? Like you said, it's mostly like predominantly white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what's what's that like going outside of college campus? Yeah, going outside of campus, like if I was to go shop and stuff, like mm. I don't know, just the looks that you might get. Yeah. it's not nice. Um, like it's just it just feels uncomfortable. You feel like you're constantly being judged. Yeah, constantly being judged. Or and in in that sense, like there are certain clothes I wouldn't like wear. So mm. for example, like I would probably wouldn't wear like a do rag if I was to leave like college campus really? stuff. Just just because I'm uncomfortable and like how yeah. I'd be like looked at yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. and like viewed and stuff. So I don't even blame you, man. It's it's like people over there is like so different in America, like you really have to watch because when you're in a white predominant area in America it's like the people are openly racist there. Like they'll happily scream something out your window, to, out their window to you, and 
maybe even jump out and do something to you. Like people are actually confident with the racial abuse mm-hmm. in America. So yeah, there are even areas you have to How do you avoid. even deal with that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. there must be places you can't go. Yeah, there are just for your own safety. Yeah, there are definitely places I can't go. Luckily, I, luckily my university isn't in like one of those dangerous mm. areas. I actually like that was one of the factors I made when I actually yeah, chose yeah, my unis. Yeah. Like, I didn't apply to anywhere down south just because I was yeah, worried yeah, about just in case that, that sort of, of stuff. But yeah, no, there are certain areas where like you could go into like a little like town or whatever, and like people could just come lynch you like like that. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit mad. It's a bit mad. Um, yeah, but that's not a joke, man. But yeah, but, but, but because the whole town has that mindset, no one will like tell them otherwise or whatever. Yeah, you know? and, like, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, local councils, they're turn a blind eye to. Yeah, well. because they're the exact same. The exact same. So it's just best to avoid those areas. Mm. Um, yeah, you need, you need someone bigger to go in and fix that. Mm. Obviously, it's not something that you can do at this stage. It's just exactly. avoid it for now. And, when you're up then you've got that power then you can start making the changes exactly that's why i implore all my young um uh people of color to just like you know grind hard and get into the get into like positions where you can make like systemic change yeah i suppose like, yeah i agree because like it's fair enough like we can all complain about it mm-hmm. but we all know that's not going to get us anywhere exactly like the only way that complaining ever gets you anywhere but it's not even really complaining. It's protesting. Mm-hmm. But even protesting is subjective because when large crowds gather, it can be viewed a lot differently, especially the way the media portray mm-hmm. young black people. As soon as mm-hmm. they get in a the crowd, they assume it's trouble. Exactly. When more time is not, they're coming to march peacefully, mm-hmm. which obviously has been shown a lot lately, which is great. But that, even a protest, like stuff like that, they make stuff happen. But when you just grind hard just get the shit done put yourself in that position of power you don't even have to protest you just go to my man over there and just be like get this done for me exactly, and it's like yeah. you're that voice now exactly you actually yeah. change what's yeah. going on you can change bills in america if you mm-hmm. wanted to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that like it just leads me on to another topic i suppose in that i guess like the power of social media i feel like as i think social media is only good for raising awareness of certain issues and of like course. letting you know certain things are happening so a good example would be the beirut bombing mm. because mainstream media doesn't cover it yeah. social media is, was such a good tool in like letting people Everyone know that it happened yeah. but of once course. that but once that happened then the next step is activism the next step is raising funds to actually go and help yeah not like i feel like signing petitions and stuff it only goes so far but yeah like, of course it, it, it literally just gets your foot in the door mm-hmm. but it's like you still need to walk over there and talk to the guy still, like exactly. you can't just walk in and expect it to come to you exactly, you know what I mean because exactly. mo- more time you'll see on most positions um, most petitions sorry you'll see that it says this will just get it into their like um just basically bring it to them it's not like when this peti- petition is signed it's gonna be changed it's like this will just now be given to them mm-hmm. as like maybe try this yeah exactly it doesn't mean that yeah now this petition signed mm-hmm. everyone's gonna do this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like you still need to do a lot more work than that exactly yeah and so right i feel i almost, I almost feel like um a lot of um the liberal population are being i guess like clouded by the fact that social media only exists as a it's it's not the real world and yeah. like you know like make like ranting on social media complaining on social media saying this needs to change that needs to change it that sort of stuff it's only staying on social media you need to well if for to, more to, majority of people yeah, yeah yeah more needs to be done in terms of like you know protests are a good way for like people to make like 
it's a good way yeah it's a good way to get attention of of the higher people mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. obviously it creates a lot a lot of good noise mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. it's done in the right way exactly yeah if it's done in the right way exactly yeah so that's like the, that's how like social media can then lead you to mm. like really effective methods of activism yeah like, yeah exactly because you could even organize um a, a protest on social media for example mm-hmm. even if you're someone who doesn't know much people you might only have 10 friends mm-hmm. but you and those 10 friends can all post this and like start doing this protest and then next thing you know you've got 100 people turning up exactly. and that's exactly. a little movement that you've got going exactly a little movement there yeah. so then people will look at that if it's done in the right way they'll be like okay well i see this person leading out the front and then next thing you know they're getting an email from this person they'll be like oh i remember this person from the protest they've done it the right way do you know what i'll give them a chance to talk to me mm-hmm. and you get your foot in the door and you make things happen exactly like that that's the way like even me now like in terms of how i use and consume social media it's, it's a lot different to like how I was mm. consuming it like six months ago. Like yeah, now but, I, I, yeah. I was, I was gonna ask you how how do you consume it? because obviously social media for me, well for anyone, it can either be really good or really bad. Mm. It just um depends on how you use it. So how how have you used it to your advantage? I feel like, in the past, like I think no, in fact, not even I don't think I was ever doing this too much. But I feel like social media, um, can appear it appears to a lot of people as a place to qualify yourself as a place to mm. like try and make yourself like seem like the best you can be and like yeah, build yeah, up an yeah. image of you kind of like a portfolio trying yeah kind of kind of like a portfolio of like just like pure, your best bits yeah exactly yeah your best your bits. accomplishments your best pictures exactly. all your best angles everything exactly exactly and i feel like that whole like emphasis on image like i just don't think it's not i don't think it's conducive of like a healthy mindset to be fair like mm-hmm. um obviously like some people can do it right like i know a lot of people who just like post their experiences like what they've done and stuff mm-hmm. but i also know a lot of people who just use it as like a as purely as like as as as, as a vanity fair yeah i suppose um which isn't necessarily I, I i wouldn't do that just because like i feel like it puts too much pressure on me to attain the best image of myself mm-hmm. and like, that takes away from real life it takes yeah, away from yeah, I was gonna say that, real yeah. goals real achievements like real stuff that 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 you're doing and at least the way i consume social media now is like yeah i use it to scroll and like you know there are funny stuff on social media mm. but i more time i actually use it as a place to like push all my r- real world projects so for mm. example like my podcast i use social media to so like, you just push u- that. use it to to grow basically use like to grow, network yeah. and stuff like that yeah yeah use it to grow and, for, and also you know let me not like slate social media too much. Like, I use like social media is probably is the best tool for sharing information. I use mm. social media to consume inf- like actual information. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna get onto. Mm-hmm. Like me personally, I don't really use social media too much in the social type, like as in terms of socializing with other people. Mm-hmm. I do here and there, but I'm more indulgent in using it to learn stuff. Like our research. Because obviously Google, YouTube, like we have so much resources where you can literally find out pretty much anything you need, you need to know 100%. about any subject. You can watch documentaries, you can research books to find, you can even like get the books online on your phone. Like, you don't even have to buy the tangible copy. Exactly. It's like, just, yeah, scroll on your phone yeah, and read it. Yeah, You yeah, can yeah. even listen to it in your ears whilst Audio. you're doing other yeah. stuff. Like social media can really benefit you. Like all this t- technology and all these apps and everything is, it can be like really beneficial if, if you use it in the right way mm-hmm. so that's what i use it for like, how long have you been working out for now how long have i been working out it's been like it's probably not probably like one and a half years i think mm. 
one and a half years. That's good, yeah. Well, maybe maybe not even one and a half years, actually. I think it might be less than that. I don't think I was... I remember working out seriously. Yeah, yeah, let's say seriously. Like Seriously, probably like a year. I think. A year. Yeah, what do you take? Supplements or anything? I, so, I guess protein shakes mm. and then creatine. Okay. That's what I do. But, I mean... So, you take a protein shake uh, without creatine and add your creatine in, into the protein shake? Yes, yeah, okay. I do, I do, I do. Yeah, I do that. Um, and then, obviously, eating good yeah. is important. Have you, have you changed your diet completely? Um, Not completely, but, like, I've added some things into my diet. So, like, I eat a lot more fish now. Mm. I have a lot more eggs for the protein. Mm. I have... Uh, I just... I also eat a lot more... Like home cooked food as well. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like good, like big stuff, and I've just tried to increase my appetite as well. Mm, yeah, so I was, I, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. How many times you would you eat a day to maintain your size? I should really be eating like, I mean, three big meals a day is is good. And then like little things on the side, like little your protein shake yeah, yeah, and yeah, this exactly, and that. Yeah. yeah, I've been like some days I do four medium meals a day though, mm. but I, I stick to like three, mm. three big meals a day with. Like your things on the side, like a protein shake. So three meals a day plus a protein shake. Okay. So in your diet, like, have you been sticking to just three meals every day? Is is that like a meal prep that you do, or you just find a time to make food, or is it like your mom can make and that? I obviously when you're in in uni, it's like you ain't got no one there to cook for you. Yeah, in uni, well, for in 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 American uni, it's a little different because. Mm. We have canteens and dining halls. Oh, okay. So they you just make eat. it for you. Yeah, yeah. And you can eat as much as you want. With oh, a really? reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you can't just go like 10 times a day. Yeah, you can't go 10 but, times a day. But like, say if, if they see you and they see you're trying to bulk up, they won't mind you coming four times a day to eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's more like the dining hall is like open like, a certain amount of times oh, okay. during the day. So like, they, they open like, for two hours for breakfast, two hours for lunch, three hours for dinner or something. Okay. And, 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 and you can eat as much as you want for those like that, that for that time period spot. of time yeah, okay, okay. Of time. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah exactly. that makes sense so you can take you put as much food on your plate as mm. you want because it's like a self-serve type thing isn't it? Mm. did so, they serve healthy food yeah they, yeah, okay. they serve healthy food they serve healthy food they serve That's all right. types of food to yeah. accommodate for different like, um, diets and allergies and stuff That's good with yeah. the canteen big there must be fucking huge in it yeah it's big <laughs> also cause I've always wondered like what the inside of that uni looks it's, like it's, 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 it's nice but um, I feel like instead of one big canteen we have five medium to big size canteens five yeah 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 Fucking hell! Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were just gonna have one big fuck off one. Nah, nah, five. nah, nah. Five. <laughs> they all serve like slightly different foods. They all have their own like little personality. You know what? You go to to the to the fucking green one now. You go to eat with a salad and that. <laughs> ah, you know what? Yeah, I don't even consume that much. I have salad in my meals, but not too much. I feel like. Um, what do you eat? Like more carbs and protein. Yeah, more carbs and protein, but like. Um, as as much as red meat is nice, I also try and like mix it up with fish as well. Mm, yeah, sure fish. that's one thing with me, man. Like, cause I don't eat fish yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I ate fish. I feel like I would like it, but I can't bring myself to eat it because I don't like the smell. Mm. So it's like, uh, I wish I ate it, but that's why obviously I've I've got supplements like um fish oils like omega three six nine, but obviously eating a fish is gonna be way better for you. I, like I really wanna try and eat salmon because obviously salmon is such a good fish to salmon eat salmon is such a good fish because obviously that food is like that's the top of the food chain you're then killing the top of the food chain so you're getting all his nutrients mm-hmm. and my man the salmon is healthy to get he's at the top of the river yeah, yeah, like because yeah. salmon swim upstream so they're fighting against the current mm-hmm. they're fit fish you get it? so 
if I ate a salmon, I feel like I would turn into a monster. But I just hate it. Like, yeah, you would. I you can't. Would. I can't stand it, bro. Is it? Can you try cooking in different different ways? I've never even tried cooking fruit fish because I literally can't even go near it, bro. It just stinks. I have to hold my nose. Really, bro. I hate it. Bruh, <laughs> I that's don't know why. Bad. <laughs> like, that's different. I yeah, thought, that's what I'm I, saying. I, I just put this on your plate and you're not smart to even like, oh, nah, nah, bro, nah, bro, I can smell it from miles away. Really? Like, even if I'm walking past the fishmongers, yeah, I try and stay a little distance out. I have to smell it. I'll hold my breath when I'm walking past. <laughs> Man. Like, the only fish like I've tried in recent years was one where Benny Harness and I tried their prawns. Mm-hmm. And the flavour is nice. That's the thing. I love the flavour of prawns, but the texture of it just killed me. Really? Bro, I, I had to spit it out. Like, it just tasted like I was eating rubber. But I loved the flavour. So it was like, I sucked all the juice out of it. And then I just had to spit it out. Because I tried to bite it. And it was like, oh, oh no, it was just God, nasty. That is a okay. That's very interesting. So no seafood for you? Nah, no seafood. No, well, when I was younger, I used to fucking love crab sticks, you know. When I was no, a I've never kid. had crab before. never had crab. Is it? Yeah. I, I haven't had it. proper crab like that. But I've had crab sticks. Like, just come in little packets, innit? Mm-hmm. They're, they're quite nice. I'd probably eat those again. Because they don't smell bad or anything. Mm-hmm. But, nah, there's not much. I don't think there's any really fish I would eat unless it smelled nice. Like, Very interesting. But I, I, I guess, like, if you season it properly, obviously, I'm sure it would taste like... You I'm gonna have to, to try it one day, man. Someone needs to I'm, give I'm, you yeah, a I'm good man to, fish. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try. It. I'm gonna have to hire like the best fish cook in the world come and on, get to come cook me a salmon or something. Gordon Ramsay, bring me. Yeah, in. I'm gonna have to call Gordon Ramsay. Tell him I need a salmon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would help. But anyways, we're gonna bring this podcast to a close now. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it's, it. It's been enjoyed a good episode. Enjoyed been, the team, been a great episode. Yeah, man. Make sure you lot go and check out Slim Takes on on Spotify. Oh, Come that's Raf's podcast come on yeah we have uh, guests from all over the world come on we talk yeah. about a variety of different things variety of different perspectives all in a light hearted manner for you to consume yeah so make sure you look go check that out make sure you all stay blessed and stay safe yeah. love <laughs>